0: Hi, I'm Noah Hardwick from IndieVision Music and joining me today is Tom Reed. Um, thanks for joining me, Tom. Um, thanks for having me. I don't know that uh, our readers at uh, IndieVision Music are going to know a whole lot about you, so um, you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a singer-songwriter and a producer. i based in Oxford in the UK and um, I've been uh writing and releasing music for a number of years i was a a worship pastor based out in hong kong um for a good long time and uh in the last sort of like five years i i moved to the uk six years ago actually and um i've be- just been here basically focused on songwriting um Recording new music and I produce music for myself and for other people as well. And that's kind of what I do full-time
0: cool, so um, I know you just had a, a new single come out in the last couple of weeks called following. Can you tell me a little bit about that song? Yeah
1: um, So it's a song that was written a couple of years ago um, and written by uh, It was written with sorry with a friend of mine called Sam Bailey and um yeah the song's basically um kind of based off the back of uh, I I struggle a lot with anxiety and um kind of have my whole life and it's at times it's kind of like prevented me or I felt like I don't want to do the things that I want to do because I'm I'm too anxious to do them you know and um I kind of had this um this visual picture of of like a bungee jumper and how um when, they, when you're doing, like, a bungee jump, you just have to, like, let go and fall. And um, a lot of times we see falling can kind of have, a, like, a negative connotation, but in this song it's, it's kind of just about letting go of the things that are stopping you from doing the things that you want to do, um, letting go of, like, the fear and the fear of failure and all that kind of stuff and just allowing yourself to fall. And in terms of faith as well, it's just kind of like, in terms of all the doubts and um, kind of all the things that, you know, I've certainly faced in my my faith and, like, my relationship with God, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just kind of just letting go of all of that and just allowing yourself to fall um, into that relationship, into into kind of, like, God's arms. And, um, yeah, it's kind of just letting go is really what it's about.
0: Okay. Is it going to be, like, um, is it just going to be a single or do you think it's is it moving Going to be like part of an album in the future or an EP or something or yeah so
1: uh I'm in the process of uh releasing an EP actually so I've just released three songs um and so this is a five song EP so I'm doing them Mm -hmm. kind of like drip feeding the EP out song by song
0: so popular Um,
1: thing to do these days it seems like yeah it kind of makes sense I guess in the streaming era um So, yeah, this is actually the third single off of Mm -hmm. um, my new EP, which is called Reorient, which will be coming out in March. March.
0: Yeah, I I know one of the songs I think is Borderless. Um, I've been listening back through your your discography the last couple of days, and that's probably my favorite song of of the ones I've listened to. Um, uh, What what inspired that song? Um, So I think
1: that song's really inspired um, by a couple of things. One is just the current climate that we live in and that just where we're at, you know, both politically and socially and um, in all different areas. It feels like um, we're all kind of forced into boxes and forced into sides. So it's like, right. are you left or are you right? And are you liberal or are you conservative or are you woke or are you traditional? or mm-hmm. All of these different boxes that it's like everyone's forced into. And um, I kind of feel like, I'm a little bit, like, homeless when it comes to the political landscape. I don't identify with any parties or politicians. I I don't feel anyone, like, super represents me. Um, And I kind of resent being forced to be like, oh, because you're a Christian, then you must think this, or because you're British, you must think this, or, you know, it's kind of like all of these kind of like, like I said, like boxes that were pushed into. So the song "Borderless" is... Kind of a bit of a protest against all of that and it's kind of like i don't i am not one thing like you can't just um put me into this box or you can't just wall me into this situation because i'm I, I can't be contained by those walls and i can't be contained by those boxes and um so that's kind of like where what's inspired it for me is more kind of like looking beyond borders because also borders are used to separate us mm-hmm. you know it kind of like we're we're, we're there to separate And I think sometimes we need to look beyond those borders and actually see each other, you know, and see actually the human. Because at the end of the day, we're all human and kind of actually see into each other um, rather than just the like the stereotype of whatever that might be. So that's kind of the inspiration behind the song is a little is kind of me feeling a little bit frustrated and also feeling like God exists outside of these all of these borders that we right. put up. Um, I think it's
0: a really, really good message right now. Like you said, in this climate, uh, I know I've felt, had a lot of people just kind of tell me the same thing of feeling, you know, homeless and not sure where they belong because it doesn't seem like they fit in any of these groups. And people just just try and put them in groups that they don't feel like they fit in. And yeah. um, I, I really think that that's why that song resonated a lot with me. And I think it would resonate with a lot of other people that I've met and encountered. Yeah, cool um I, speaking of borderless uh one of the things i was reading in your bio is that you seem to have a, a pretty good following like in asia um yeah. i'm guessing that maybe that has something to do with you mentioned uh hong kong earlier uh yeah. is, is that where that that group of fan base comes from what's it like kind of having a fan base uh in another country um it's cool so i actually grew up in hong
1: kong mm-hmm. so uh when i was a, I was born in the uk but um when i was a kid my family moved out to Hong Kong, and so I I grew up there and um, pretty much lived there my most of my life until like six years ago when I moved back to the UK. Okay, not too long ago. Um, so yeah, not that long. So um, that so Hong Kong kind of and Asia has been my home like growing up, and that's why I still like my family still lives there, and that's where I got met. Like my wife is from Hong Kong, so. We got married in Hong Kong and we had kids in Hong Kong. They're both born there. And so that really is in many ways is home for me. And so um, it's been an important part of my musical journey. And like I said, I was I got into music um, and I was doing stuff in church in, in Hong Kong. And so, yeah, it's kind of cool because um, Hong Kong's a really unique place and it's got people from all over the world there. And so. Uh, it's, it afforded me like the opportunity to travel around a lot of asia as well so uh like malaysia and singapore and mm-hmm. the philippines and um that was pretty rad
0: yeah that, that's something that i i really can't say that i've i've heard a lot of artists that have had that kind of opportunity to um tour that much in different areas like that yeah it's definitely a blessing um let's see i can't find it uh going to ask about some. One of the things I noticed, though, when I was reading your bio, is that um, you, you've had a pretty diverse. Uh, you've you got your hands in a lot of different pots as far as uh, the artists that you've worked with and some of the stuff you've done um, under different names. I know that you've done some releases under Chariots. Yeah. How is that um, different than what you're doing now, just under your your own name? So Chariots.
1: Um, so I do a lot of work, like you say. Uh, I do songwriting and production work. Both within the like the Christian industry, but also outside mm-hmm. of the Christian industry, just in the mainstream world. Right. Um, so uh, after I, I was doing like the worship pastor thing and just only writing worship songs for so long, um, and when I first came to the UK, I was like, "Oh, I can write." Not that I couldn't write stuff before, but it just mm-hmm. I was kind of like, "Oh, I can just." I'm not working for a church anymore, and I could just write whatever. So I started writing a bunch of songs that weren't necessarily like uh for the church or christian artists songs or anything like that they're just kind of like mainstream stuff and so i decided to put out a bunch of those songs under the name chariots um and I, i've released an ep and a couple of singles under that name and, and that really is just a vehicle for me to write stuff and produce stuff that um doesn't necessarily fit in the christian scene mm-hmm. um, even though like I think what's cool about the the Christian music scene right now is it's becoming so diverse and sounding different. And there is a lot of crossover happening, which is great. But um, yeah, chariots is just kind of a vehicle for me to put out stuff under a different name that um, wasn't necessarily like, it was a great, it was an easy way for me to kind of separate the two projects, you know, my own stuff under my name and and Mm -hmm. kind of like pop stuff. And so that's, yeah. And then I've written for, I've written for some other people and, um produced for some other people as well and done some stuff in asia with artists as well Mm -hmm. so yeah it's been a i just love all kinds of music so it's kind of nice to um (laughs) maybe just like tying in with the whole borderless thing it's nice to not just be boxed into like only one thing right Um, but to be able to like have my fingers in a few different pies and let my creativity cut out work in different ways and in different forms and platforms.
0: Another one uh, I said, I feel like the more I looked at your, your, your music, the more I'm like, Oh, you're involved in this and you work with this person. And <laughs> I kept finding things. Another one that I, I came across that I had heard last year was um, uh, St. Aldate's worship. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. That's but right. Uh, um, I had listened to that, that album and I did not realize that you were part of that. How did that come about? Yeah, so uh,
1: Saint Olave's Worship is the church that I go to here in Oxford. Okay. Um, and so, when sort of like uh, five years ago, when I when I got got here and mm-hmm. um, we started going to the church, and um, there's another guy that uh, that the worship pastor Jamie and Lauren there, they both write songs as well. So we just kind of got together and started writing songs uh, without anything necessarily in mind of what we we're going to do with them. And over the last couple of years, we've written a bunch of songs. And um, last year, we decided to record a live album, which was cool, a live worship album with the church. And so I got involved in that, and I lead worship at St. Aldites as well. So, um, yeah, it's just another project that I've been involved with. And it's kind of cool because the stuff that I do under my own name um, isn't really, like, necessarily church worship stuff. It's more kind of indie alternative sounding. Mm um so st old dates again is another like i have chariots which helps me to put music out into the mainstream st old dates worship helps me to put music out into the church world as well for like just a really like church yeah like a corporate
0: worship type stuff yeah
1: yeah so it's kind of cool to have all these different um ways of and different expressions for what i love to do
0: yeah that's good to have different and you know keeping your your kind of brands and somewhat different um train you know avenues um allow that to to reach different fans that i feel like if you released them all under the same name that you might confuse some people as to you know why is this song different than that one and (laughs) fans are weird sometimes that way when uh i feel like we we want the artists to release more of what we liked before rather than uh, i think sometimes just letting them have the creativity to just do whatever it is that they want to do at the time Um, yeah exactly (laughs) Exactly and so that's 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 kind of
1: been a journey that I've been on and it's only in the last couple of years that i found I feel like I found the groove of where I can put different things into different places you know and mm. where different things can kind of fall under so that's been nice for me
0: and um, I guess on that 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 uh, reminded me I was, saw a post that you had done um, on Instagram a couple of months ago um, were you just talking about how it's uh, as an artist discouraging, sometimes I feel like you have to like make stuff that people are just going to, to like and share on social media. Um, Can you just elaborate on that, that thought a little bit? Uh, Yeah. I
1: I do remember it. And it's something that um, I've kind of been thinking about a lot recently, which is what we exist in now is, you know, I think being an artist in the social media arena and age is actually really it. There's like a lot of positives about it, but it's also really can be really hard and really discouraging because, um, you know, basically you're, you're outputting stuff and getting an instant response based on who likes your post and how many likes it gets and all that kind of stuff. And, um, the way that the internet and social media works, like people don't necessarily, people like things for all sorts of reasons. Like I think, you've probably noticed you could, I could put a song up on Facebook and maybe like three people will like it. And then I could put like a stupid meme up on Facebook and like 200 people will like it and comment on it, you know? And that doesn't mean that the meme is def is necessarily better than my song. It's just that people react to certain different things and social media is better for certain interactions in Mm. certain ways. And I found as an artist that can be at times can be like quite, um, discouraging because you could spend all this time on on this piece of art and this work and put it out on social media and maybe like get a muted response to it. Um, and then you can just like ask some kind of random question or crack it like a joke or something and it suddenly gets all this engagement. And so that's, that's something that we've got to deal with. And also the way that now it all works is people aren't even necessarily even seeing your stuff because they want you to pay for it. They want, you know, Facebook and Instagram and everyone want you to pay money in order for people to see your stuff. Right. So then that makes you like, oh, so now I have to pay for people to even see my art, you know, for even, even to like hear my songs, which again is can be just like a really, I don't know, just a really a real distraction. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we're forced to have to know how to market ourselves all the time, I think that that in itself is its own skill set and it can actually be a real distraction from the creativity that artists need to have, you know, and it's like creating something's not good enough. You need to know how to like sell it and market no it like and that. make people. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get it. There's pro. some people are really good at that. Um, and it's been really great for a lot of people on, you know, that, with their music and stuff, but there are some times where it's a real struggle as well. And I think that's what I was alluding to in that post. It's just like, yeah creating stuff that you know is going to get a like rather yeah. than stuff and, that and you and i totally seen.
0: understand i mean if i'm looking at writing something i i do think about you know hey is this thing really worth my time to write because this is not something that people are going to like a lot on social media or, or it's just going to get posted and won't get very many views but i could write this other thing and it's not really what i want to write but i know that it would get a lot of you know shares and stuff when i post it and yeah <laughs> It, it totally starts affecting what you're doing and kind of makes you almost take some of the fun out of it, you know.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, I think that's the that's the whole struggle right there is trying to trying to balance that out, trying to be real. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you want to engage with people on social media as well. So it's like, how do you engage, but how do you, you know, keep the stuff real that you want to do as well? So yeah, it's a tough one, man.
0: So, uh, a question for you on that topic then is: um, Do you have any suggestions for what fans can do um, to help artists out? That uh, h- how can they better interact with them on social media, or uh, um, how can they uh, uh, let the artists know maybe that uh, they are interested, even in some of the stuff that you know isn't going to get a lot of shares or likes or something? Do you have any suggestions?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I always say like be generous with your likes because they cost you nothing
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: and so i think the simplest way that you know the easiest way that you can someone that you want to support just simply like liking and sharing or just leaving a little comment going hey i listened to this and i really enjoyed it you know or whatever it is it doesn't have to be like a super long engagement but even just that you know i think and i i get it it's hard because we all scroll social media as well and you there's a million things on there, you know, and a right. million people releasing stuff, and but but I do think you know we've kind of like uh, I I try and do this with artists that I really like and I support. I always try and like and just leave a little comment saying like, hey, this is great, but, you know, just even if it's just one line, just to let people know that like I am listening, like I'm listening to what you're putting out and um, I'm I'm enjoying it. You know, I think for me that's the simplest that's the simplest thing I think anyone who's a fan can do for the people that, that aside from like actually physically buying people's music, which is always mm-hmm. helpful, sure. you know, <laughs> but I mean, in this day and age, you know, people don't really do that. So what's the next best thing you can do? Well, just, you know, show a bit of love on social media, you know, and I, I, that's what I think anyway, you know, that's what I try. And
0: do. I think that's good advice. Cause um, you know, you like something and, not only are you like letting the artist know that you like it, but you're also help, you know, promoting it in those algorithms. The more likes it gets, the more likely it is to turn up in somebody else's feed and, exactly.
1: Um, and also those things the thing can that, help.
0: The thing that sucks from an artist point of view is when you feel like you're constantly
1: begging people for likes, you know. <laughs> right. Please like my song. Please share it. Please do this. Mm-hmm. And that's just tiring. Like nobody nobody wants to hear that and nobody wants to do that. You know, like nobody yeah. wants to be the person like begging you to like like it. So that's what I say, like, if you do, just like it and share it. Like, don't, you don't need to be asked to do it. Just, you know, or leave a comment or whatever it is, you know. Um, for me, that's that's always the, like, I always try and I read every comment that people write on my stuff. And as much as I can, I try and reply and, you know, say thanks and stuff like that. Because that really means a lot to me.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned, um, you know, what you would do for artists that you like. Um, we're closing it. Uh, we're starting 2020 now. Um what what did you listen to in 2019 that you really enjoyed? Um, do you have any suggestions of artists or uh, albums or anything? I do. I, I just did my,
1: just before Christmas, I did my top 10 mm-hmm. um, albums from last year. So I obviously won't give you all 10, but uh, <laughs> some of the albums I really love. So um, the King's Kaleidoscope album, Deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. It, it surprised me as well. I saw um, I it
0: on think, a lot of top 10 artists or top 10 lists this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't been too familiar with their stuff in the past. Um, and and uh, I saw a lot of people like posting about it and I I didn't get around to listen to it. And then I finally mm-hmm. listened to it. I was like, wow, this is interesting and exciting and real. Um, and yeah, so that was probably my favorite um, sort of Christian release. Mm-hmm. Um, I also loved um, a couple of like mainstream uh, albums. So there's a guy called Kevin Garrett who mm-hmm. uh, released an album called Hoax, which it's just kind of like smooth R&B soul pop, um, and it just I don't know it just makes me feel good when I listen to it. It's just really easy to listen to, great sounds. Um, so yeah, I really I've I've really enjoyed that. Um, There's another artist called, I think it's Leon. I don't know how you, Mm -hmm. L-E-O-N. She is a singer, I think she's from from Sweden or somewhere like that. Um, And her album, which is self-titled, I probably listened to that the most (laughs) out of everything last year. So, um, yeah, those are are a couple. I mean, also from a worship point of view, I know I'm biased because I was involved in it. Um, I really had listened to a lot to the St. Aldate's Worship Mm -hmm. album. And I think for anyone who's really into like church worship and congregational worship, um, if I could be so bold as to recommend that album, because I I really believe in it. And I just even as sometimes like when you make your own stuff, like you don't always enjoy listening to it because you were involved in it. Right. With an old dates album. I think because it, it wasn't my own thing. Like I was involved with a lot of people in with it. With a group.
0: Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I
1: really enjoyed listening to it. It's the first, one of the first worship albums in a long time that I really like. Oh, I really enjoyed listening to this, you know, so I mm-hmm. could recommend that one too.
0: So if I can jump in here real quick and answer my, my, my the question that I just asked myself. Um, I would give a couple of recommendations to anybody listening to. Um, you have a song on your, uh, ep i think it was 2018 uh called lament that was uh songs called the valley yes um and i think it's it's based on a a prayer is that right uh i can't remember who it's by there's an artist in australia called um tanila nadad i think i may have totally butchered that name Um, she had an ep that came out this year and she uh did a song uh based on that too uh oh, cool. called the uh, valley of vision uh, that's the name yeah. of the, the prayer so yeah. um i would suggest people listening to this go and check out your song and then go and check out the song she did um i think that it's really interesting since they're both coming from the same thing uh to go and listen to them and see how like this can be this prayer can be like done in two totally different styles different lyrics but they both have the same source um but that one just came to mind cuz uh, i had heard that song um earlier this year and i really liked that song and then i was going back listening to your stuff and i, I heard that song and i'm like hey, i've heard this somewhere before so i had to go yeah. and look it up and <laughs> i just thought that was cool um so i definitely suggest going and checking both of those out
1: nice i want to check that out i uh, yeah it's such a cool the valley of vision is such a cool like prayer mm-hmm. and as soon as i read it i was like this needs to be a song so obviously other people have had that idea as well so yeah what's her name again uh
0: it's Tanila Nadad, uh, I, again, I feel like I'm butchering that name, uh, it's T-E-N-I-E-L-L-E-N-E-D-A. Okay, um, I am going to check that out. But yeah, she's a, an Australian ar- artist, so I guess we're getting a lot of, uh, <laughs> international artists in on this podcast, or episode, uh, <laughs> interview. Hi. Yeah, that's great. Um, so let's see, I, I've really, I think that's, wraps up almost all the questions I had for you. Um, one question I just like to ask people when I get to end inter- of an interview, um, is uh, do you just have any advice to share? Uh, doesn't have to be about music, but it can be. Or <laughs> um, wow, so just
1: like world advice from yeah. from Tom Reed. Um, wow, I I think. Well, I was uh, I was talking to someone else today as well, and they they were asking me what what defines like what do you think defines success? Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, for me personally, I think. Um, if I get to do something which I love doing and enjoy doing it um, I think that's success like I feel like a lot of times um, in many different like it doesn't have to be music or, art or whatever it is but we do a lot of things but for various reasons but sometimes there's no love there or there's no joy there it's gone and I think just discovering that joy and love of things of why you do certain things particularly if it's like a hobby like an art or a you know, music or whatever it is, just regaining that love and kind of going back to the thing we were talking about with social media. Like, I think we have mixed motivations for a lot of things and actually just doing stuff because you love doing it. You can't lose, you know, like that's always going to be rewarding and that's always going to be, um, satisfying. And, and I, I think for me as well, like I always just think, you know, I want to be, I want to, I want the people closest to me to, um, if the people closest to me don't think very highly of me, then I don't think I've succeeded. You know, it doesn't matter how many accolades that I have in different areas or whatever. And so I always like try to take stock of the people who know me closest. And it's like, what do they actually think of me and how am I to them? Um, Because actually that's, that's the most success. Like if I can be a good husband and I can be a good father and I can be a good friend, then that's probably the most that I can succeed in life. Uh, I don't know if that was advice really, but
0: <laughs> I felt I mean, like it. A is. Little, yeah. That's what, that's it's it's wise words. Yeah, that's right. So um, if people want to keep up with your music and what you got going on, how do you suggest they do that? Uh, you can check out my website.
1: It's Tom Reed. Reed is spelled R-E-A-D. So it's tomreedmusic.com. Um, and on social media, I'm usually, my handle's usually at Tom underscore read on most platforms. So yeah, you can find me on there and drop me a comment and I'll read it. And I will, (laughs) I will definitely try and reply to you as well. So
0: yeah. You know, thanks for uh, taking time to do this interview, Tom. And um, you got anything else you want to add? No, just like,
1: well, I do have one thing to add actually, which is um, I've noticed since I've been releasing music again, how many amazing like people there are like yourself and platforms out there that are just supporting new music. And so I just want to say thanks for the work that you do giving up. I know you're giving up your lunch break right now to interview <laughs> me. Um, and I just love that dedication. So yeah, from the other side, from the artist point of view, thanks so much for what you do and for all the support that you give. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Man. It's definitely just something we do. Cause, uh, it's what we love, you know, <laughs> right? you can't lose. Yeah. So, um, You know, I hope you have a great day. And uh, again, just thanks for taking time to do this. It's a pleasure, man. Take care.